God created your mind and mouth with a unique power that when used together can shut down toxic thoughts and behaviors and even reprogram your brain. Let's explore how to activate this power to reshape your life. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, author of the book Shut Up Devil and creator of the Shut Up Devil app. I'm all about shutting down the lies and struggles that keep you from thriving in God's design for your life, and I'm here to do it every single week with a live online audience where I teach and pray. So if you haven't yet, I'd love to have you join us live sometime on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org live. Let's start with a quick activity. Now, I want you to try wherever you are listening, and I recommend being alone when you're doing this because it might get you some strange looks. You'll understand why I say that in a minute. In your mind, begin counting backward from 10. We'll do this together, but 10, 9, 8, you got it, okay? In the middle of counting in your head, then say your name out loud. Got it? Let's do this together. Kyle. Did you do it? Did you say your name? Think about when you spoke, what happened to the counting in your head? It was interrupted, wasn't it? You know, your mouth is about the only thing that interrupts your thoughts. I think most of us can walk and still think. You can move your arm and still think. You can smell and still think. I've learned that I can't really drive and think, definitely can't drive and talk. I've missed so many exits that way. But that's just me. My point is, when you speak, you interrupt your thinking for the moment, either to stop the current thought or to guide a new thought. And this is God's design, which I call the mind and mouth connection, which when you learn how to effectively use, forms one of the most powerful forces for spiritual warfare, transformation of your life, and even controlling your behavior. And in this message, I'm going to show you the scripture and some fascinating science that really backs up what the scripture has said all along. And I'm not just talking about building a doctrine on a single verse out of the entire Bible. I'm talking about a principle woven throughout the entirety of scripture, through every era in both the New and Old Testaments. A few examples. Psalm 1 instructs God's people to meditate on the law of God day and night. Meditate isn't just thinking something. It's a mind and mouth connection. Go over to Israel today and you'll see devout Jewish people meditating, using their minds and their mouths to do it. Well, the promise, as Psalms 1-3 says, is that they are like trees planted by the rivers bearing fruit in each season. It's a promise of refreshment. In Psalm 19-14, David knows something about the power of the mind and mouth connection. He prays, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. Even in salvation, it takes both the mind and the mouth working together. Romans 10.9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In the last two verses that I rattled off there, I mentioned the word heart. It's very important to understand what is meant by the biblical heart, because it too is part of this mind-mouth connection. If you got my book, Shut Up Devil, and had a chance to read it, 
then you know this. I teach about how heart in Scripture is not the blood-pumping organ in the center of our chest. When David exclaimed, I bless the Lord with all of my heart, or Paul said, believe in your heart, or even when we preachers say, invite Jesus into your heart, we're not talking about somehow getting this organ in us to do something. I think when I was a new Christian, that's kind of what I thought. I thought that somehow Jesus came to actually live inside of our atria. The biblical heart isn't the physical organ. Heart represents the entirety of who you are. It represents your identity, which as I always teach, Proverbs 4.23 says to guard because it determines the course of your life. Basically, what you believe about yourself determines your direction. And that's influenced yet again by the mind and the mouth. Jesus said it himself in Luke 6, 45. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Now, I have a chart here. You know, I love my chart sometimes. And this chart represents the mind and mouth connection. And I'm going to add to it throughout this message here. But you see here, for those of you listening by audio, I've got a brain at the top, and I've got lips that represent a mouth at the bottom, and it is a cycle. So there are arrows from the brain going to the lips, and the lips going back up to the brain. And this represents how your mind controls your mouth and your mouth tells your mind how to think. This all influences who you are and steers your life. I don't want to get too complicated with this or too technical, so we're going to break it down starting with the mind. In Scripture, the mind represents thoughts. That's why I've got all of these arrows going in to the brain. There are thoughts going in. Well, those thoughts become beliefs. And these thoughts are influenced by a variety of things, such as the words people say about you, what your weaknesses try to tell you, what your mistakes try to tell you, what the news tries to tell you. <laughs> I think I mentioned a few messages ago when I was talking about the three ways to guard your thoughts about the lady who told me that in childhood her parents said something to the effect of, you're not pretty. Nobody's ever going to want to marry you. Well, that got into her heart. And it affected her for like 40 years. With insecurity and anxiety and a whole lot of shame. I know from my life, what I considered weaknesses tried to tell me that I couldn't do certain things. Affected my actions. Affected my beliefs about myself. Definitely, I think we can all relate to having messed up in some way. And at least hearing in our minds how horrible of a person we are. Well, hearing something like that one time is one thing. But when you hear or experience the same thing over and over and over, it actually creates a mindset or a belief system. It gets ingrained into you. Again, as I taught a couple weeks ago in that message on guarding your thoughts, guarding your mind. Each of us have an optic nerve that connects the brain and the eye. 
And while we often think the eye would send more impulses to the brain telling it what it sees, in fact, the brain sends more impulses to the eye telling it what to see. So over time and with enough repetition, what's thought in the mind becomes seen with your eye. So on this chart, between the brain and the mouth, I'm going to draw an eye, and I don't claim to be the best artist here, but there is an eye. And this represents perception. Like in my case, I came to believe or see that my weaknesses made me an outcast or a reject. Well, that belief became an identity. It became part of my heart, which dictated how I lived for way too long until I learned what I'm teaching you now. Now, throughout the Bible, the mouth represents words, the means for expressing what's in someone's heart. The mouth is used to define and affirm what you believe. Basically, as I've been saying, it further cements things. We know from Genesis that God used words to create and define creation, so it's a spiritual principle that words have a defining power. As I mentioned at the beginning, words cement your belief in God. It's why we confess Jesus is Lord with our mouth. It's why certain traditions have confessions of faith. But in relating to the thoughts in our minds, I think we all have experienced that the thoughts you turn over and over and over in your mind eventually become the words that you speak. Well, this is the ultimate way the enemy works against you. Because your own words are then heard by your mind, influencing your thoughts, which influence your beliefs, which perpetuate this cycle. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18, that the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. Hmm. The word you speak comes from your heart. That's what defiles you. You know, the situations that are going on around you aren't what defile you or defeat you, as difficult or as painful as they might be. Even random or irrational thoughts that pop up in your mind aren't what defile you because you can't control every thought. It is, as Jesus said, it's our own words that defile us because they further establish those beliefs into us which then control our actions and our lives. I'm going to show you how that all works out in a few minutes. But back to that lady's story that I mentioned. When she kept hearing as a child, you aren't pretty, nobody will ever want to marry you, it got into her heart because she eventually believed it. She told me how she eventually spoke something that sounded like nobody's ever going to want me. I'm not attractive enough. That's what cemented her words into her heart, which, as I said, influenced her life with insecurity, anxiety, and so much shame and more that she dealt with for 40 years until she learned what I'm teaching you. Just like in my life, I came to believe that I was an outcast, that nobody would ever easily accept me. And so I essentially spoke that kind of thing out of my mouth. It got into my heart. It steered my life so that I'd avoid any kind of social gatherings for too long out of a fear of rejection. 
I was a prisoner to it. I was a puppet to it. What starts in the mind comes out of the mouth and transforms your life. That right there is the mind and mouth connection. And while the devil definitely perverts this connection for bad, you can learn how to use it to completely change your situation for good. That's really what changed me. You're listening to me right now, largely thanks to God showing me how to put this principle into effect in my life. It's why I wrote my book, Shut Up, Devil, because I've experienced its power for myself, and particularly its power to do three major things in people that I'm going to explore now. The first power of the mind and mouth connection is that it can stop negative thoughts. As I illustrated at the beginning of this message with the counting backward exercise, a huge effect that your mouth has on your mind is that it interrupts whatever thought is going through it at the time. In your mind, you could be hearing, you're worthless, you're a failure, you're not enough of this or you're too much of that. And the moment you open your mouth and start talking, those thoughts get interrupted. Again, this is God's design. It's why Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 10.5 to capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Teach them to obey Christ. That's a key. You could interrupt thoughts by opening your mouth and just saying blah, blah, blah. But really the point isn't just to interrupt the thoughts because they will come back. The point is to take thoughts captive and then guide your mind to think something positive something according to God's Word. I used this method a lot a few years ago, and really I still do anytime I feel afraid. But a few years ago, there was something God asked me to do that really scared me. And until I did it, every time I would hit the pillow at night, the thoughts would begin to race through my mind of what's going to happen. Well, in order to be able to sleep and to be able to actually do what God asked me to do, I would speak aloud during that time. In my case, I coupled it with the truth based on Deuteronomy 31.8, which says, don't be afraid because God goes before you. So anytime I felt the fear, even to this day, anytime I feel fear, I declare something based upon that verse. I personalized it to me. I say, God is here even in the places that I fear. He's going before me to prepare the situation so that it's ready, so that the people are ready, so that everything is ready for when I get there. And just that simple spoken truth was enough to stop the fearful thoughts when they popped up. And as I continued to do it, it actually retrained my mind so that I wasn't so afraid to do it. And I did it. It directed my mind in the right direction. It taught my thinking. And that's the next effect of the connection that I want to show you. The mind-to-mouth connection has the power to literally reprogram your brain. This is called neuroscience, and it's scriptural. It's actually been in the Bible long before science discovered it. If you've been in the church for even a little while, and definitely if you've listened to me even a little bit, you've heard Romans 12, 2, in which Paul says, 
that we are transformed by the renewal of the mind. I like how the New Living Translation puts it. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That transform word there is the word metamorphosis. It's a change from one kind of thing into another kind of thing. But as we see there, the Bible says it's the changing of your thoughts that changes you. And as we just established a minute ago, one of the best ways to change your thoughts is to use your words. Again, I explain all this in the book, but scientifically, your brain has neural pathways in it, which is God's design for the brain to conserve energy. It's a brilliant design. After you experience something often enough, a pathway is created that essentially helps the brain recognize this is familiar, therefore take this automatic action. Like I said, it helps the brain conserve energy. That's incredible for learning an instrument or a language. But in our fallen system, the enemy uses it to reshape our lives negatively and ultimately to shape our identities. So the only way to undo those neural pathways is to make new ones. And that's exactly what the renewing of the mind does. But it's not a one-time thing. Interestingly, science say, scientists say, that our minds have what's called a negative bias, meaning it tends toward negativity and reacts more strongly to something negative. For example, if you were to go into an fMRI machine and then have someone say the most negative word there is, no! While you're in that machine, you'd see a sudden release of dozens of stress-producing hormones. That's what the scientists say. And with enough time, that literally alters the chemistry of your brain. So scientists call it the negativity bias. I just call it the results of the fallen world. And the devil capitalizes on it. But thankfully, we can change this through the renewal of the mind. And we do it best by using our words. When you hear a positive word, the brain responds positively to lower physical and emotional stress. But it responds slower. Because of all this junk and negativity in the world, it takes more positivity, more intentionality of being positive to actually change you than it does with something that's negative. So you have to do it repetitively, consciously, not flippantly. This is why the Apostle Paul in Philippians tells us to think on these things, to fix our mind on things that are honorable and true and right and worthy of praise. Things about the goodness of God, things about the grace of God, things about the love of God. That's why the Bible says to meditate on God's Word. This is why renewing isn't a one-time thing, it's a constant thing. We live in a negative world with minds that have a negative bias. There's so much around you working against you. Don't we know it? You're not going to overcome years of trauma, toxic thinking, or bad decisions with one declaration while you're feeling good on New Year's Day. It takes a commitment to speaking truth, to speaking grace, to speaking love. 
But as you do, your mind gets rewired according to it. Scientists actually say your parietal lobe starts to change, which results in a change in your perception of yourself and even the people that you interact with. And it changes your heart, which again, as the scriptures say, your heart determines the course of your life. And that's transformation into something new, just as the Bible promises. It changes your actions. Okay. That leads us to the third huge benefit of this mind-mouth connection, is that it helps control your actions, control your behavior. It helps you avoid temptation, changes the way you live. I don't think God just desires us to have changed minds. I think He actually desires for the fruit of our change to be evident. There is a study done on preschoolers that really illustrates how this works. The children were left alone in a room with a tempting toy that they were told not to touch. As we all know, it's a very difficult thing to have something you so desperately want right in front of you and not touch it. That's why I have to be insistent that people don't send me home with desserts or stock my fridge with cookie dough or buy me those incredibly delicious little Cadbury eggs that are so popular this time of year. <laughs> Back to the children. The video footage showed that the children who use self-talk were more likely to avoid touching the toy. So there's a principle in speaking that shuts up that voice that says, do it, touch it, eat it, drink it. And this children's study is not the only one that reveals the effects of words having an influence on someone's behavior. The mind-mouth connection is observed in athletes. They've looked at baseball players and cyclists, tennis players, you name the sport. They studied it. Athletes perform better when they talk to themselves. Words influence behavior. And that's why, if you're listening on audio, I drew a little stick figure there on my mind and mouth cycle chart between the mouth and the brain as it goes, as the arrow goes from the mouth back to the brain, there's a little stick figure in there that represents actions. Words influence behavior. James says this in his book, which is all about getting people to match their actions with their faith. In James 3.2, he says, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Jesus himself used words to resist the devil's temptations during a moment when he was particularly exhausted. That story is in Matthew 3 and 4. As Jesus was baptized by his cousin John in the Jordan River, God's Spirit descended and declared an identity on him. The voice of God spoke out and said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Well, immediately after that defining word, Jesus went into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days. And at the end of his time, I'm sure he was tired and famished. That's when the devil came to question what God had just declared. That's what the devil does. Well, the way Jesus dealt with the devil all three times he questioned him is a model for all of us. He didn't think him away. He didn't arm wrestle him away. He spoke him away. He used God's word to demand, shut up, devil. 
that's a crucial principle for you to use against the enemy's influence in your mind and in your actions. While self-talk in general can give you a boost of encouragement, I'm not really talking about I can, I can, I can kind of stuff. The best talk is God talk. It's only speaking God's word that stops negative thoughts and teaches your mind truth that eventually transforms your entire life. So you see, looking at this chart now, how it all kind of comes together to demonstrate what Proverbs 4.23 says, that your heart steers your life. What Jesus said, that what you say flows from your heart, and what Paul said, that you are transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's all connected. So follow me. Your mind, which is influenced by thoughts, affects, determines what you believe. Those beliefs dictate your perceptions, how you see. This all influences what you say, which changes your behavior, which then also influences your mind. And the cycle goes on and on and on. But once you really grasp this mind-mouth connection, you can stop the negative thoughts, use your words coupled with God's word to redirect your thoughts, say no to temptation, change your behaviors positively, which will all work to bring that new creation that God says you are in Christ from the inside out. Understand, none of this makes you saved or keeps you saved, but it sure does help you to experience the benefits of being saved. So interrupt that insecure thought with truth. Ephesians 2.10 is a great one. I am God's masterpiece. Become more confident and courageous with truth like Ephesians 1.4. God loved me and chose me. One of my favorites to say, 2 Corinthians 5.21. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And actually, I just challenge you to say that in the midst of temptation or after you've maybe fallen to something. Often we want to sit and sulk and just feel so sorry for ourselves and think that God is all mad at us and eh, will he forgive us or will he not? Instead of doing that kind of thing, remind yourself who you are. Be restored to the joy of your salvation. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. That didn't change my position before God. I'm still secure in him. 2 Timothy 1.7 is a great one when you're feeling afraid. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but I have power, love, and a sound mind. And keep with it. And that will reprogram your brain and really reshape your life. Now, I want you to pray with me. I have a prayer that I included at the end of my chapter on this very topic. It's titled, The Mind and Mouth Connection. And I want us all to pray this prayer together because I think it will really help you. Father, thank you for your words that declare that I am new, right with you, loved unconditionally, complete and valued. Help me to align my words with yours. In times of negativity or temptation, quicken my mind and mouth with the truth that resists it as I reflect upon and declare your truths proactively. Use them to change me to be more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's one thing to hear all this. It's another thing to really understand it and do something with it in a way that actually works. I want to help you apply this in your everyday life. 
And that's why I wrote my book, Shut Up Devil. In the first four chapters, I explore how the enemy gets access into your life through your mind. Then I teach you how to use your mouth to shut him out and even to reprogram your mind so that you aren't dictated by his lies. Then for the rest of the book, we apply all that to the 10 lies that are behind every battle you face. Lies like you're still a horrible sinner. You're unlovable. You don't belong. You can't be forgiven. There are 10 of them. Shut up, devil. Silencing the 10 lies behind every battle you face is available in paperback, ebook, or audiobook, wherever books are sold. It hit number one, and New Spiritual Warfare releases on Amazon, so we're praising God for that. But if you'd like a signed copy mailed to you with the first chapter immediately available as a download, then get it from our website at kylewinkler.org slash shutupdevil. Okay, that does it for the Shut Up Devil show. Remember, God is good and He is for you. And we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org, on our podcast, or wherever you get your social media. And don't forget, I'd love to have you join me live sometime on Thursdays at 8 central at kylewinkler.org slash live. See you next time.